Well, good morning. I want to thank everybody for being here today. It's um, very awesome to see you guys here, even though we got a little bit of snow last night, a little unexpected, maybe hopefully the last thing of winter. And children are dismissed to go ahead to head down to Children's Chapel story. So a pastor asked me a couple weeks ago if I would preach for him, if I'd fill in for him today. And of course, I said yes. And I knew right away what I wanted to preach on. So I do have to admit that I have actually been working on this message for about a year now. And a lot of people will say, well, how can you be open to the Spirit of God if you've been working on a message for a year? How can you really listen to God's Spirit if you've thought about it that far advanced? Well, God can use you in preparation as much as He can right now. So how I came about this message it's, it's really what I call my God story. So if you're new to this church, a lot of times people say, well, what's your God story? A God story is just a little thing that happened in your life that God showed himself real to you. So this is my God story. So, like I said, about a year, year and a half ago, um, I was on my way over here on a Wednesday night, stopped down at Circle K down here on Cuyahoga Falls Avenue, Came back out, my car wouldn't start. Wouldn't do anything. I'm like, really? You know, what is wrong with this? So I text Allie. I was like, hey, can you see if your dad can come down and, you know, find out what's wrong? So Pat comes down, doing it, and like, oh, we got to jump it. Okay, not a problem. So we jump it, come back here, go to leave their house later that night. So it's the same thing. Wouldn't start. Like, we just jumped it. So we figured, all right, well, it's the battery. So he was letting me use his battery jump box till I got a new battery. So I was like, all right, just every time I go to get in the car, just put it on, jump it real quick. A little inconvenient, but you got to do what you got to do until I get a new battery. So that, uh, that Saturday then my tags were going to expire, my 30-day tags. So I'm like, great, I got to get new tags, which since I've got an SUV is almost $70.00. I got to get a new battery. That's a hundred dollars. I'm like, I, this is I can't do this, God. So I'm on my way over to clean one of the accounts that I used to clean for Pastor, and I'm just like, God, I need your favor. I need you. I need your help. I don't know what to do. Afterwards, I decide to go ahead and listen to a message on my way home, and a Pastor that I listened to down in North Carolina, Pastor Stephen, and he was talking on walking in the fog. And it was on favor. And he had three points to his message. The first one was F. It was frame your world with favor. O is open your eyes to the opportunity. And G was give yourself to obedience. And I'm like, I will do that, God. I will walk in the fog and I will be found in your favor. Find me in your favor this week so I can afford this. The next day, this lady that I do videography for, she called me and said, hey, do you want to do a video shoot for me this weekend? Five to six hours. I'm like, absolutely, I will do that, you know? It's like, between the battery and my tags, it's covered right there. So Saturday morning, I wake up, stop, go get, pick up my tags, go to the video shoot, go back over to Alley's, go put my tags on, walk back to the house, car's parked in the street, I step back, and I'm like, Hey, look, babe, I'm legal now. And I just start laughing. She goes, what? What's wrong? I'm like, look at my tags. Oh. F, 
OMG. Yeah, I was like, wow. That to me was a sign from God that I'm doing okay. He, that's like him smiling down on me. You know, all of this, I'm just like, fog. Wow. And, you know, even though they get new license plates, you can get them. I'm like, I don't want new license plates. I love my FOG license plates. And I want to thank you for being here today. And today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to find God's favor. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can come into your house. We thank you for the time that we can open your word and learn from you, Lord. Speak through me today what you want the people to hear. Use me, God, I pray. In your name. What exactly is God's favor? What does it look like? How can you experience it in your life? God's favor looks different to different people. There are many ways God's favor shows up in our lives, in our relationships and in our health, in our finances and in our work through our security, our influence, and our life circumstances. And when we have found favor with God, we begin to fully understand what it means to walk in the power of His presence. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 33. And just a little fact that the word favor, or a derivative of the word favor, shows up in the King James Version over 70 different times. A lot of people think that the favor of God is just a little sidebar thing of being a Christian. But favor, through my study, is just important as grace and faith. It's just as important of the love of God and the mercy of God. I think a lot of Christians say, yeah, it sounds important, and I want God's favor, but I'm not really sure what God's favor really is. If you really ask me for a definition of God's favor, I'm not sure I can give it to you. I can tell you what God's favor is to me in human terms, but as for God's favor, I'm not totally sure. So today I want to try to lay a favor foundation, and maybe in your own personal time of study and devotion, you can study more about the favor of God. The one thing I found about the the favor of God is that you're never going to truly, totally be able to understand it. If you say that you understand it all, that's a sign that you really don't. So all those in favor today of learning of of what God's favor is, say aye. Aye. Yes. All right, there are many people in the Bible who have been found in favor of God. Sometimes it says grace, but they both come from the same root word, So, today I'm going to use the word favor in replace of the verses in Exodus. So, if I could just choose one person to talk about today, I'm going to use Moses. God told me, don't you get up here and tell people what you think favor is and how to find favor without showing them what favor really is. Don't give people your opinion about it. Show them what I want favor is. Because if I talk about what favor is... You guys are going to go home, start praying for your sports team to win, realize you live in Ohio and go for Cleveland teams, and you're going to be really confused. (laughs) I'm just saying. Some people go to God like God's a genie. God's not a genie. He's seated on the throne of heaven. We don't just go and ask for something. We don't 
try to manipulate him and try and backfill it with verses and everything. Be like, you told me that I could have this. You know, some preachers I've heard, after I'm done listening to them, I wonder if God even loves me at all. They say, you know what? Don't ask God for anything. Don't expect anything from him. He's already sent his son to die for you. So just sit down, shut up, and maybe one day you'll be able to get to heaven. But that's not what God's favor is. Not at all. You know, the old Christian cliche, I may have to love him, but I don't have to like him. Sometimes, I think we think that about God. God loves me, but maybe he just doesn't like me right now. You know? And until we get to the point where we realize that God does like us, not just loves us, that he likes us, you're never going to be able to understand God's true favor. The other week in discipleship class, Brother Steve was talking about how we need to love everybody as ourselves. You know, it says, you know, um, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. And we figured out we actually do do a pretty good job of loving our neighbor as ourselves. The thing is, we don't love ourselves enough. We need to look at ourselves through God's eyes and love ourselves that much so that we can love everybody else that way. So we're going to go ahead and read Exodus chapter 33, starting verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. Thou hast found grace, or thou hast found favor in my sight. You know, sometimes when God calls you to do something, you just have to trust him. And that was Moses' biggest problem. He did not trust God. He was like, okay, I got them out of Egypt. You said you were going to take us somewhere great, but who are you going to send with me? Who is going to help me, God? He questioned God a lot. Verse 13, Now therefore, I pray thee, I have found favor in thy sight. Show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I might find favor in thy sight. He's like, God, you've already told me once that I found favor. Show me again that I have found favor. It's like me. I don't want to know that I found favor once. I don't want to know that I've been forgiven once. I need forgiveness each and every day. And that's what Moses was praying. He said, God, show me each and every day that I have been found favor in your sight, that I am your child, and that you approve of what I am doing. In the last part of verse 13, he says, And consider that this nation is thy people. God's calling Moses to do something, and Moses is getting real frustrated with the people. It's like a lot of pastors, they call it my church, my people. Moses was so frustrated, he said, God, remember, these are your people. You want me to lead them, but these are your people, so don't count on them, because I know that they're going to let you down. And it's good to do that every once in a while. It's good to say, God, this is your church. God, this is your business. God. This is your family. I'm here for it, but this is your family. This is your ministry. Before I get up here to preach, I always pray, God, this is your church. This is your people. And just let me be able to speak to them. 
that kind of dependency, you find favor in the sight of God. Verse 14, and he said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, then again, right there, Moses questioning God again. He already told him, I'm going to be with you. And Moses goes, well, if you don't go with me, no. God said he's going to be with you. He is with you through everything. He's already promised that. For if thy presence is not with thee, carry us up not hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found favor in thy sight? If it is not that thou goest with us, so shall we be separated. I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. So in other words, God, I don't want to take a single step. I, don't, I can't make it if you don't go with me. I can't take it if you don't go with me. I can't be a mom. I can't be a mother. I can't be a father. I can't be a dad. I can't be a student. I can't be a child if you do not go with me. Without you here in my presence, I am nothing. I need your favor in my life. I want your spiritual blessing in my life. So God, don't ask me to do anything if you're not going with me. I'm not taking a single step until I know that you are with me. And that's what Moses is saying to God. I'll go where you want me to go, but I have to know that you are with me. In verse 17, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found favor in my sight, and I know thee by name. And then God passed by Moses on the backside, though. Because God is so awesome that Moses could not see the front side, or he knew that he would die. So what we need to do, we need the opportunity we have. But your response and obedience determines or not whether you will seize the favor of God. So I texted a few friends that I went to college with who are now youth pastors and pastors to see to them what their idea was of favor was. And I've got a couple up here on PowerPoint. So the first one, he texted me back and he said, favor is not a formula. You cannot achieve God's favor. You must receive it. A lot of the times we get... When we say God's favor or blessing, we say it must look like this or look like that. And you see someone struggling and you're like, what have they done? What have they done to not get the favor of God? Why are they struggling? And you know, it's kind of like Job. His friends said that. They said, Job, what did you do that you are struggling? What have you done to God that he has taken away everything that he has blessed you with. You had favor with him. He gave you all this stuff. You had all this land and everything. And all of a sudden it's gone. What did you do, Job? And God said back to them, Why do you speak with wisdom? Job is upright and blameless. He's not struggling because he doesn't have my presence. He's struggling because I know no matter what comes, Job is going to stay faithful. And Job then cried out at the end of chapter 1, and he said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Even though he lost everything, he still knew that he was found in God's favor. Next one is, Favor is God doing what you can't do for yourself. It's just simple. Favor is God doing what you can't do for yourself. 
Next one. Favor is God's goodness displayed in an individual's life in such a way that he, God, can get the credit. How many of you have ever had something happen in your life and you knew that you were not good enough to produce it on your own and certainly you did not live good enough to receive it from God? How many of you can say, I've experienced that? If you can say that, then you've experienced God's favor. Favor is a relationship with God of great confidence where no matter what you know, that God, that with God, you're going to come out on top. Favor is a relationship with God of great confidence that no matter where you go, that you know with God you're going to come out on top. One of my buddies, he's real deep, and he always uses, like, um, for his points, he always uses the same letter. So everything, so today's message, he would use letter A throughout today. So here's what it is. Favor is the acceptance, approval, and assistance of God awarded to us through the finished work of Jesus. And the last one, God graciously working to optimize my life for my good and His glory. Although we never see a clear definition of, in the Bible, of what favor is, we see a lot of examples. So if you do a character search on favor, on who God found favor with, I hope you have a lot of time. So I'm just going to give you a few examples. We come to Noah. Noah found favor with God, and in Genesis 6-8, God used Noah to preserve the human race. Abraham, in Genesis 12, God told God told them at his time his name was Abram. He said, I'm going to bless you and make you the father of many nations. Then later, Abraham prayed that he would be found in favor with God. Joseph, the Bible says over and over that God was with him. If you don't know the story of Joseph, I'll give you a little bit. You know, he was the father of many sons. He had many brothers, and his brothers did not like him because he was his father's favorite. They threw him in a pit. They sold him to the Egyptians, and he was a slave in Potiphar's house. But it says, Potiphar found favor with Joseph. He went to jail for a crime he didn't commit. But later, through all of this, he ended up as one of the highest-ranking officials in the country. And because of all this, being found in God's favor, even though he went through hardship, he was able to help out his family through a time of famine and drought. Through the story of Joseph, we find out that no matter where you are, God's favor can track you down. Even in the toughest times, even though Joseph searched for 13 years before he found out his purpose, favor can find you in a dysfunctional home. It can find you in an abusive relationship. It can find you in your dead-end job. Favor can find you even though you didn't get to go to college. Favor can find you even though you think you don't have the skills. I'm just trying to tell you that God's favor is not limited. Don't box God's favor into this little box and think it's for a certain person. Maybe you think it's for a pastor or the pastor's wife. No, the favor of God is for everybody who is a child of him and who says, God, send me. Do what you want with me. And it doesn't stop there. You could probably go on and on about characters from the Bible, but you probably don't want me to. 
No, go on. Come on, give us more of the Bible. We love the Bible. Okay, I'll give you more. Ruth. Ruth, just out there picking up the little pieces of wheat in the field of Boaz. Boaz looks at her and says, what are you doing? Picking up these little pieces. No, you can have whatever you want. And she says, what have I done? It's been found in your favor, Boaz. True favor doesn't make you arrogant. It makes you humble. It's not wrong to go around saying, I got the favor of God. God has blessed me. It's arrogant not to. Because when you don't go around saying, God has blessed me, that I have been found in God's favor, you think you got to the place where you are on your own. There's no way you got to the place where you are on your own. God has helped you. You know, it's like somebody getting a nice new car. Somebody went, that's a nice car. Yeah, well, it's not the one I wanted, but it's the one they had on the lot. It doesn't have all the options, and, but it was worth, you know, the price was right, so I guess I got it. No, that's a really nice car. Yes, God has really blessed me to be able to get this vehicle. And if you don't have a car, God has blessed you with the ability to walk where you need to go because there's a lot of people out there that don't have that ability. Nehemiah. Nehemiah found favor to rebuild the walls. And you can read about that in Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 11. In chapter 2 and verse 4 through 6. In chapter 2 and verse 18, where it says, Nehemiah found favor with God. 1 Samuel 2.26 says that Samuel, a little boy, grew in favor with God and man. It's interesting to see that God's favor can be on somebody at such a young age. One of the most important things that I think we need to be able to teach our children in Awana and teach them downstairs is that God's favor can be upon them when they're young, as long as it can be, as when they're old. Back in September when Pastor Chris preached, he talked about Gideon. Gideon found favor with God, not just once, but God showed him three different things. He said, God, I've got to fight this battle. What do you want me to do? And he told him to take you know, the flower, and he put it on a rock. Not just one loaf showed up, but three loaves showed up for Gideon. When you find favor with God, you can fight a battle that you would lose without him, but come out on the winning side with him. Another one, Esther. She saved a whole nation that was about to be exterminated. Did you know that favor can not only be in your life, but it can also trickle down to the lives of your family. As long as you are walking in God's ways, you will be found in his favor. Daniel, in chapter 1, verse 9, he found favor with the officials. Then we get over to the New Testament and we read about Mary, where she was just this young woman engaged to be married. And the angel came and didn't just say that she had favor. It says that she was highly favored. And Paul Paul had favor in his life. In 1 Corinthians 16, 9, it says, A great door has been opened unto him. And of course, the ultimate example of favor as we come upon this time of Easter, Jesus. In Luke 2, verse 52, it says that he increased in wisdom in favor with God and man. I want to be like Jesus. I want to increase in wisdom and favor and statue with God and man. I want people to look at me and say, he has the favor of God. 
Something is different about his life. There's a light that shines through it. How can I get that? And now my own definition of favor. The favor of God is the guarantee of his presence and the provision of his power to accomplish the special purpose in and through my life. Again, the favor of God is the guarantee of his presence and the provision of his power to accomplish the special purpose in and through my life. To have God's favor means to have the confidence that God is with me to accomplish everything he has called me to do. The divine ability comes from a source higher than me to seize the opportunity to overcome the opposition because Jesus is fighting for me. I love this verse over in Romans. Let me read it to you. It talks a little bit about what we can do through God. Romans 8. Verse 28. And it says that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. If you truly love God, you don't have to worry. You've already been found in God's favor. And everything is going to work out for Him. You know, I just asked how many people want the favor of God. And I can see that most of you want the favor of God. But you have to remember, the favor of God is different from favors from God. A lot of people get those confused. Favors from God is like God hooking you up with something, and later on, I'll repay you, God. Hey, God, if you give me this, you know, I'll do something really awesome for your ministry, for your word later. No, you can never repay God because favor is not fair. Fairness ended when Jesus died on the cross and took everything that you could do for God upon his back. He took all your sins, put them on his back, and he died. I promise you, you don't want fairness in favor. Because if you want fairness in God's favor, you're going to suffer a lot more than what you have. Favor is God saying, I want to be good to you just because I want to be good to you. Just because I want to show the world who I am in your life and because I love you. God wants to be good to you for no other reason than he loves you. God is fighting for you, and the devil does not stand a chance against the child of God. Remember that, because God can put favor in your life, the devil has nothing on you. Just because you receive the favor of God doesn't mean that things are going to get easier. It almost certainly means that things are going to get a lot harder. A lot of you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you got saved 20 years ago. And you've seen a lot of valleys. You've seen some mountaintops, but you've gone through a lot of valleys too. But you know that God is with you. How can God show favor in his life and his power through your circumstances if he did not give you a battle that you could win, that you could come out on top, and that he can show that he is powerful and has everything in his means to support you? To give you. God doesn't give you his favor for your convenience. 
He gives you His favor for His purpose. You're not getting this because to make it easier on you. You don't get God's favor to, you know, just flow through life real easy. God gives you His favor so He can show the world that He is who He is. Let's go ahead and look at a couple Bible characters again. Noah. God asked him to build an ark. There had never been any rain, but he had God's favor. Was it convenient for Noah to build an ark in this land where these people have never seen rain, where he knew he was going to get mocked for building this big boat? There's not even an ocean. There's nothing convenient about building a boat when the Home Depot is closed for the day. Abraham, he had to leave everything he knew. He was found in God's favor. But he had to leave his country and launch out into something unseen. And that's what the favor of God is. When God says, do this for me, you do it. Joseph, I've already told you about him. His hardships for 13 years before he had to find the true favor of God. Moses led over 2 million stiff-necked, rebellious people through the wilderness for God's favor, but he himself never was able to enter the promised land. But yet he still had God's favor. Nehemiah, working a wonderful job for the government, had to launch out into this building campaign, and even to the point where he really didn't want to do it. He's like, God, I need your favor. When God's favor comes into your life, it's not to make it more convenient. Would it be more convenient for us right now to have a bigger building where the youth could have their own special room, where the Awana, we wouldn't have to take down tables, put up tables? Would it be more convenient? Yes, but that's not the favor of God. Uh, A year ago, we had looked at a building over on Talmadge Avenue. Beautiful building. It wasn't the favor of God for us. Would it have been awesome to have that building at that time? Absolutely. What about the Kitech building? We were looking at that. Would it have been awesome for us to purchase that? Yes. Would it have been convenient? Yes, because we were having our service. The Nepali were having their service. God said, that's not what I want you to do. I'm going to give the Nepali's a building down the road where there's more of them. Favor of God isn't convenient. We are here to make God's presence in our life more real so God's purpose can be fulfilled. Let's talk about Mary again. Just minding her own business, engaged to be married. She's got a godly husband. And the angel comes to her and says, you are blessed and highly favored. She must have been thinking, all right, awesome. I found favor. What am I going to get? Am I going to get a flower arrangement? Am I going to get a wedding story? Am I going to get a wedding cake? No. You are going to have God's son out of wedlock And you are going to have to convince everybody around you that you are still pure and that this is God's son. Convenient? No way. I don't know how many people today would say, I want that favor that Mary had. That would be rough. Absolutely rough. Man. Jesus' favor led him to the cross. Do you still want the favor of God? Do you still want to say, God, 
Let me do your will. I'm ready to step up. I'm ready to do what it takes. It led Jesus to the cross. People were stoned over it. But God, find me in your favor because I love you, because you deserve it for me to work for you. The old chorus I was thinking of last night, you know, more precious than silver. I was thinking about it, I'm like, why don't we replace favor? I'm going to give it a try. So we're going to do it like this. Favor is more precious than silver. Favor is more costly than gold. Favor is more beautiful than diamonds. And nothing I desire compares to it. Favors more precious than anything we can get. Do you still want the favor of God? Do you still want to search for the favor of God? Even if it's inconvenient for you to pick up and move to a different city, to move to a different state, to move to a different country, do you still want to say, God, show me your favor. I'll quit my job. I'll go here where I have to scrape odds and ends to me, but I know I'm doing your will, and I know I'm found in your favor. I'm learning that when I see the favor of God. I see it everywhere I look. What I want to do this week is to challenge you to be a favor finder in every situation. I was praying last night, God, just give us a few people in this church that say, I want to be favor finders. That I want the favor of God in every situation of my life. I have this image in my mind. You know, it's how people used to go around the beach with a metal detector. And they're searching. And that's what we should be like with favor. We should be carrying this favor detector around us all the time. It's like the metal detectors. You're looking for treasure uh, maybe, out, maybe people were out in Arizona, you know, just where there's sand. And they're looking for treasure. And all of a sudden, beep, 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 you found it. You found the treasure. You found what you were looking for. I want to let you know today that you didn't just come here to church. I want to let you know that whether you're looking for it or not, if you're looking for the God's, fa- God's favor, it can find you wherever you are. If you'll open your heart to God's Word, it can track you down. Even though you don't know where to look to find it, you can find it. And that's what I love about favor. It's like last time I preached, I talked about God's will. God isn't trying to hide your will from from you. He's not trying to hide favor. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you what you need. He wants to give you some of the things you want. He wants you to live a happy life. He wants you to be found in His favor. He wants you on your knees crying, God, give me your favor. Favor is not something you can achieve. Don't think I'm going to walk out of this service and do everything good this week and God's going to show me favor. You can never do anything good enough to receive God's favor. 
to achieve God's favor. You have to receive God's favor. And when you receive it, by looking for it, you need to respond to it. It's a byproduct of the grace of God. So where, so where you can find this favor of God? Where are you going to find this favor of God this week? Anywhere you look for it. Anywhere you look for the favor of God. And you respond to it. You can't force God's favor. You see, I believe that when you find God's favor, even if you're seeking an answer, you can't find the solution to, even if you're seeking something you need in your life right now, but God won't seem to give it to you. When you find God's favor, it's all about His presence. The essence of God's favor isn't what happens to me. It's who I know is with me, no matter what happens. I'm telling you today, if you're here struggling with something, maybe you're hurting, you've got a broken heart, you're not sure if this message is for you. Maybe you recently got a doctor's report that doesn't seem very favorable. Maybe you're in a situation with your kids that doesn't seem to be very favorable. You've got a depression that's just covering your soul. And that no other reason that you need to know that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has promised to be with you. He said, I am with you always, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you find nothing more than Jesus, you have found favor this week. I challenge you. Set out. Be a favor finder. Come to the altar. Pray, God, show me your favor. Let me be found in your favor. Let your grace cover me. And let me show the world who you truly are. Dear Heavenly Father, we just... Thank you for this time that we were just able to open up your word, Lord. We just pray right now that we can truly be favor finders this week. That no matter where we go, that everywhere we look, we will see that you are with us. Whether it's in our job that we don't really like, whether it's in a hard time with a family member. Whether it's at school and we're just not really feeling it, let us be found in your favor and let us feel your presence upon our life. We ask this in your name.